Good morning. Joining me now for Community Stories, I have Bryce O'Stenzel. He is the founder and the president of the Friends of the Boy in Blue here in Mankato and is going to be talking about a special event coming up on March 25th. Good morning, Bryce. Good morning, and thank you for having me, Karen. It's great to have you. You are the guy who plays Abraham Lincoln in a lot of these reenactments, and this coming up is a, a Civil War symposium. And so let's chat about that. It's coming up on March 25th. What is it all about? Well, actually, this is the 10th annual Boy in Blue Civil War Symposium. The name of this one is The Tide Turns, uh, 1863. And we're looking at the year 1863. We kind of do it by the calendar. So because 2023 ends in a three, we're looking at 1863. We We do these in order. And we've repeated the cycle, but we always try to come up with new presentations because uh, there's so much uh, in the Civil War field, so it's not hard to come up with different topics, even though we repeat these years periodically. But it's uh, Saturday, March 25th, as you said, 2023, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., and it'll be held at the Morrison Aereo Strand VFW Post 950. That's also the home of uh, Lorenz Post 11 American Legion. And that's at 1900 North Riverfront Drive right here in Mankato. It's right off of Highway 14. Well, Bryce, I want to ask you, now 1863 is the year that you've chosen this year. Why is that a significant year in the terms of the Civil War? Well, that was the turning point, and that's why we call it the Tide Turns. That was actually the high-water mark of the Confederacy, uh, the biggest, largest battle, actually two battles, but uh, the biggest, largest battle ever fought in North America was the Battle of Gettysburg. That was fought July 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, 1863. And on July 4th, 1863, after uh, several months of laying siege to Vicksburg on the Mississippi River, uh, General Grant was able to uh, capture uh, the city of uh, Vicksburg, and Vicksburg surrendered on July 4th, Independence Day, 1863. So together, those two battles are collectively known as the turning point. The South was never on the offense after uh, 1863. It went from being on the offense to the defense, and Two years later, uh, Lee finally surrendered and the war came to an end. What were the years of the Civil War? 1861 to 1865. Okay, so we're in the middle of we're of right in the We're right in the middle of it. And 1863 is also that fall, uh, November actually, uh, and this is one of the topics that's going to be discussed. Abraham Lincoln went to Gettysburg. You know, he rarely left Washington. He did on a few occasions, but he rarely left Washington, D.C., but so compelled was he that he had to explain the significance of what this war, you know, why this war was being fought, that he journeyed to Gettysburg, and that's where he gave his most famous speech, uh, the Gettysburg Address, which I will be discussing in detail. What was it about the, the Civil War? Why did we have the Civil War? Well, there's a lot of, lot of reasons. You know, debate actually still rages on that. Some people say it was all about economics. Some people say it was about slavery. Uh, some people say it was about states' rights. It was really about all of the above. It was the great bloodletting uh, in American history, the greatest bloodletting in American history. Outside of the revolution itself, you know, the War of Independence, it really was the second War of Independence for, for the United States because we had to define uh, the first one, you know, was, was us breaking away from Great Britain, but the second one, the Civil War as we know it, was 
define what kind of nation are we going to be. Are we going to be a nation of collective states uh, where the emphasis is on states' rights? In fact, they used to refer to the United States in the plural. The United States are doing something. After the Civil War, the United States is referred to in the singular sense, the United States is doing something. So as Ken Burns said uh, very eloquently in his documentary uh, uh, back in the 90s, we went from being an R to an is. And your background is history. Were you a history teacher, or explain your interest in all the history? Well, I've always been interested in history from the time I was uh, a young boy. My father was a uh, World War II veteran, and he taught me uh, the importance of patriotism at a young age. And I was looking, I believe, for uh, other role models that kind of expressed the same kind of sentiments as my dad did, and I fell on Abraham Lincoln uh, quite early in, in life. And so I've been interested ever since. In later years, as a teenager, I found out that I had a great-great-grandfather who actually fought in the Civil War. So, of course, that fueled my interest uh, to know more. Yes, I am a history major. I actually uh, majored in history right here at Minnesota State University, Mankato, or in those days it was called Mankato State. I have a master's degree in history uh, and a bachelor of uh, science in teaching history. And actually, I'm currently a uh, social studies teacher in the St. Clair School District. And one of the things you did was found the Friends of the Boy in Blue organization. And that is has become a statue that is located in the Lincoln Park community called the Boy in Blue. Talk a little bit about how you decided to get a group together and why the Boy in Blue was an important part of history here in Mankato. Well, even, even as a boy, I... Um was, as I said, interested in history. I saw a photograph in uh, Thomas Hughes's uh, History of Blue Earth County uh, as a boy uh, of the Boy in Blue statue, the original one, and I asked my father, well, where is it? Uh, it says here Lincoln Park. Oh, I can take you to Lincoln Park, which he did, because mm-hmm. uh, my dad drove buses. He knew every street in Mankato. Well, when I got there, there was no statue. And I was very, very disappointed. And in the back of my mind, the seed was planted, even as I was probably 10, 11 years old at the time. I thought to myself, what if this could be recreated? So there was a statue? There was a statue. Actually, what's there now is a replica of the original. The original Boy in Blue uh, was built in 1892, and then it was dedicated in 1893. But it only lasted for about 35 years. What happened? There was wind damage, there was uh, vandalism, unfortunately. There were a number of causes that brought it down, and by uh, 1927, it had entirely disappeared. Oh. Actually, the, the metal was sold for scrap and probably one of the scrap drives for uh, World War One, World War Two. as was the cannon. There used to be a, a cannon that was in uh, uh, Lincoln Park as well. That also went uh, to the scrapyard. Unfortunately... We tend to throw away our past more than more than we keep it. You know, we can't keep everything, mm-hmm. but it seems like when we're trying to modernize, we, we tend to throw away a lot of our history, and that's, that's unfortunate because these men that this uh, memorial, the original and the replica, is dedicated to, you know, they gave their last full measure of devotion, and they should be remembered. There's over 680 veterans that uh, served from Blue Earth County. Really? And so we wanted to memorialize them, when I say we, this committee that I helped found uh, in 2010, and then it took another uh, five years, but uh, in 2015, uh, the recreated Boy in Blue was, was dedicated to their memory. And many of these soldiers are buried in 
Glenwood Cemetery uh, here in town. And the Friends of the Boy in Blue, since the memorial is built now, some of the money, and actually that's what the symposium does, it's a fundraiser for us. It's our biggest fundraiser for during the year. Mm-hmm. But we, uh, we raise money for the upkeep of the memorial, which actually technically belongs to the city of Mankato. But we're kind of the caretakers because we helped build it in the first place. So now we, uh, we look after it. We raise money for the upkeep, but also we've expanded our outreach to include uh, the cleaning of uh, gravestones. Uh, and we started in Glenwood Cemetery here in town because so many of these uh, Civil War veterans that are memorialized on it, on this memorial, actually, I mean, their names are inscribed around the around the lip of the, the fountain. Anyway, many of them are buried in, in Glenwood. So we actually have a headstone cleaning project where it takes about, it's, it's about $50 per stone to clean these these grave stones so that they can be uh, read again and brought back to life. You mentioned most of the 680 are in the Glenwood Cemetery. Are the others throughout Blue Earth County? Or? Yes, scattered around uh, local cemeteries around the area, you know, Miniopa, Pilgrim's Rest, uh, some of the others, you know, outlying cemeteries, certainly. And hopefully, uh, eventually, you know, our reach will uh, will include some of those as well. Uh, but we started out uh, locally, and then hopefully the, the ripple effect, we will continue. Uh, the other part of the, the symposium, it's the education piece. It's why is this memorial, you know, worth remembering. Uh, we don't want it to uh, fall prey to the ravages of time and neglect again like uh, the original one did. And the best way to uh, keep it alive is to keep the memories of these these uh, soldiers alive. But also, it's like we look at the we look at the Egyptian Sphinx or we look at the pyramids. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows for sure. I mean, there's all kinds of theories, but nobody knows for sure why they were built or how they were built. This is the education piece. It allows people to learn about the Civil War and understand why the sacrifices made by these men was so was so critical. Now, the Friends of the Boy in Blue is a nonprofit organization, and you exist to talk about the Civil War and the importance of the, the veterans and recognizing them through the years. And you also do reenactments, too, correct? Yes. I, uh, I've been a uh, costume historical interpreter uh, portraying uh, President Lincoln. I'm now in my 32nd year doing that. So it's uh, it's been a long time, uh, but I, uh, I enjoy it very much. I'm actually, well, next week, uh, March 27th, I will actually be 56 years old. Okay. And the reason that's significant is that's the year, or that's how old Lincoln was, uh, when he was assassinated in Ford's Theater. Oh, wow. Okay, um, interesting. So after after this year, I'll actually be older than... Lincoln. At least, <laughs> at least we hope. Right. <laughs> well, I'll be older than Lincoln was when, when he was when he was president. But I'm I'm actually the same age now as Lincoln was when he was in his, in his presidency. And now the Civil War Symposium on March 25th, it goes from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. What sorts of things will be happening? Is it something that people can attend all day? Are there yes. speeches? Are there reenactments? Or what can you expect? It's it's a, all of the above. It's it's a smorgasbord of, of Civil War history. So it's pretty much anything uh, you, you can imagine. We have all of that. Uh, I'll just give you a rundown on the activities. Uh, registration begins at 8 a.m. Uh, at 8.50, we have announcements and welcome the first presentation begins at 9 a.m., and that's Lincoln and his Gettysburg Address, uh, presented by myself. 
10 o'clock a.m., we have Vicksburg Under Siege, which is presented by Susan Hines, so we get a uh, lady's perspective, uh, which is certainly important. At 11 a.m., we have the controversial Major General George Meade, presented by Gary Carlberg, who's Carlberg, pardon me, who's an expert on uh, George Meade. He will be portraying Mr. General Meade at the at the symposium. So there's an example of another uh, costumed historical interpreter besides myself. Then we have our uh, noon lunch, which is called Mescal. I mean, we're using the military term with music by Lonesome Ron. Then at 1 p.m., The Mystery of Barbara Fritchie, A True Patriot, presented by Tamara Thayer. Uh, that should be a very interesting presentation. I'm not going to give too much away, but Barbara Fritchie was actually a woman who was at Gettysburg, and she was very, well, she was an older lady, but she was very uh, spirited, let, let, let's mm-hmm. put it that way. And when the Confederates came to town, she was outside waving her flag, you know, her U.S. flag, saying, you know, get out of here, you rascals, <laughs> whatever. So, yeah, she, very, very interesting uh, presentation. Uh, I think we'll learn a lot from that. Uh, and we try, we try to hit on topics that may not be as well known as, you know, we have some very well-known topics, for example, Lincoln, but then we have somebody like Barbara Fritchie, who most people have never heard of, but she has an interesting story. Then at 2 p.m., we have the first Minnesota battery of light artillery, and a- actually the 26th North Carolina, and that's going to be presented by James Olson. Uh, so he's given us a, a Confederate uh, perspective. Uh, then at 3 p.m., we have the weapons, uniforms, equipment, and life of the Civil War soldier, presented by uh, none other than Arn Kind, who's a well-known uh, uh, Civil War historian and costume historical interpreter. At 4 o'clock, we have our uh, roundtable discussion where all the historians come together and then the audience can ask questions. That's probably one of the most interesting, uh, enjoyable parts of the whole day uh, because then we get to learn what the audience is really interested in. And it's just a free-floating discussion, and it's surprising how fast that hour uh, goes. And then at 4.50, we have our closing, and it's over at 5 p.m. So there will be a mix of reenactments and sort of lectures, it sounds like? Yes. We also have, yes, we also have displays, I'm going to be bringing in some uh, items that I have for my uh, personal collection, including a uh, diorama that I built of Washington, D.C. in Lincoln's time. And it looked a lot different than uh, Washington, D.C. does today. It's it's what we know as the mall area. But in those days, there was a canal that actually went through it. And that's actually how uh, Willie Lincoln uh, died of typhoid was because the intake for the White House uh, water system was not too far from this canal. And all the horses and everything else uh, that the army, all the pollution that the army uh, threw into this canal uh, came down and actually entered the Potomac River. And that got drawn into the intake of the White House. So, yeah, they had running water, but it it was problematic. At any rate, uh, by seeing this all laid out on this uh, diorama, it it makes it make much more sense how that all happened. So we have displays, we have uh, reenactors, we have lectures, we have music, pretty much the whole whole gamut. And this is a fundraiser, so how are the funds raised to help your organization, The Boy in Blue? Okay, that's a very good question. The cost of the symposium is $30, and if people would register by the 20th, which by the time this airs, we've already passed that deadline, uh, so they won't be able to register for lunch, but... Lunch is included with that $30 adult admission. $20 for students 18 and under, that would also have included lunch. And then $20 to attend virtually on Zoom. 
And if we have room, uh, there's admission at the door, but of course that doesn't include lunch. And after, after or when this broadcast airs, uh, we'll be past the March uh, 20th deadline. But any, so anybody's welcome to come at the door then too? Yes. Okay. Yes. As and long as long as the seating is still available, which I think it will be, we have uh, 40 people registered thus far. Okay. And uh, who should attend and why should you attend? I think everyone should attend, and I'd, li- I'd actually like to see more youth attend. Uh, we need to instill uh, history education in our young people. Uh, it's very important that the torch is passed to the next generation, because believe it or not, you know, we like to think we, we live forever, but of course mm-hmm. we don't. I mean, I'm already in my mid-50s. I, I need I need people to, to pass this legacy on to so that it doesn't become an enigma. You know, the Civil War, uh, the legacy of these individuals that, that fought, it's timeless, but it's only going to last as long as there are people willing to tell the story. So we need we need a younger generation, but it's it's open to everyone. Is this story told through the Blue Earth County Historical Society as well somehow? To some degree, although they don't go into as much depth because they have so many, and I'm not saying this as a criticism, but they just have so many different periods to sure. cover so they don't get uh, the into the depth that, right. that we we do here. This is all Civil War related. What is the significance of the Civil War to Blue Earth County in our area? So if people, you know, say, well, what was it about it that made a difference here? Well, Minnesota was the first state to offer troops in defense of the Union. Really? Uh, we also had the charge of the first Minnesota. We actually had a, a number of Minnesota regiments that fought. I mean, they fought in all the major engagements of the war. There were 11 uh, infantry regiments. We had uh, several uh, cavalry, artillery, and so on. So we, you know, we fielded for a state of our size in terms of population. It's 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 amazing what we uh, what we put forth. Uh, Lincoln was the first president that Americans could vote for, or uh, Minnesotans, I'm sorry, could vote for uh, in 1860. That's why there's a portrait of him in the in the House chamber of the state capitol. So there's a lot of reasons, and I said we were the first state to offer troops in defense of the Union. When Lincoln called for uh, for troops, some of the first volunteers to join that very first regiment came from the local area. So I mean, they they weren't they weren't all certainly from all from Blue Earth County, no. Sure. But but uh, Blue Earth County answered the call very early and sent uh, sent troops, and then continued to do it throughout the throughout the war. Do you work with school kids to educate them? Yes. So this is so are they part of this at all or not necessarily? Well, we're there certainly we we have a separate uh, and that's that's one area that I'd like to see more more students actually sign up for it. We have a student rate students 18 and under uh, that includes lunch for twenty dollars. So we do give them a discount for being a student. Uh, but I'd really like to see more. Uh, that That's one area that I'd like to see grow because, as I said, uh, the students are our future. So it's 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 an area it's an area to work on for sure. We are talking with Bryce Ostenzel, who is the founder and now the president of the Friends of the Boy in Blue that looks back at the Civil War and are hosting a Civil War symposium featuring the year 1863 called The Tide Turns, on March 25th. It's a Saturday starting at 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. and everyone is welcome. How do they sign up or how do they find the information? Okay, you can actually go to our uh, our website, uh, which is www.boyandblue.org. We are a nonprofit organization, so this is tax deductible. 
Unfortunately, we can't accept credit cards at the symposium. It's cash or check only, please. Uh, you can actually contact us directly uh, at boyandblue.org, www.boyandblue.org, or you can call me on my cell number. Uh, that's 507-491-4171, and please leave a voicemail. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. I'm uh, teaching during the day, but I'll uh, I'll return my voicemail messages as, as soon as possible. The, the best way to do it would be to go to our website, uh, our Facebook page, and, and you can register right online. So boyandblue.org will give you all yes. the information you need. Yes. Anything else you think is important for people to know, Bryce? I just hope uh, we have a very good turnout. I hope the weather is good. And <laughs> we, uh, we I, I thank you for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to... Uh, to advertise this important this important event. Well, I hope you get a lot of folks that attend and learn more of the history of our area. Again, it is March 25th, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's a Civil War Symposium with the Friends of the Boy in Blue organization. Web address is www.boysinblue.org for more information. Thank you so much for your time, Bryce. Well, thank you. Uh, we really appreciate it.